0: Every stage of life is presenting itself with its own unique set of challenges, its own set of difficulties, and its own set of possibilities. I am thankful to have survived my youth, as I would have said many of you would say. I don't believe I want to return to those days again because I think I survived them, and I may not survive them if I went back again. But I will tell you that for every stage of life, God's Word has something to say. God's Word has advice that you and I need to live good, godly, holy lives. In Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, Peter says His divine power has granted unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. What a privilege you and I have that God has provided that for us. Several months ago, I was reading through the book of Psalms and came across Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11, and I thought, I haven't preached on youth very much recently, and I ought to address this. As I read further, and I got to verses 98 through 105, I thought, there's so much found within the writings of God's prophets that you and I need to study what it means to have wise advice for youth. Let me begin, first of all, by pointing out that God's spiritual training was designed to be within the family. We often think that the Lord's church is responsible for our spiritual training, but that's not correct. The home is designed for not only the secular, but the spiritual training of the child. Let me give you a couple of illustrations. The first one is found in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. And here's what God said through Moses. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. You see, sometimes we think about training as only being when you set someone down in a classroom and you lecture to them. That's a good way of teaching, but that's not the only way. I would dare say that most of us learned some of the most valuable lessons in our lives, not from our teachers, but from our parents. And we learned them not when we were sitting down in an instructional kind of situation, but as Moses here describes, one who, as they're sitting down perhaps at the table, or they're walking by the way, and great spiritual truths are imparted by parents. Many of you young ladies are learning to cook by watching your mothers. Many of you young men are learning to do repair jobs and to do things with your hands from your fathers. You have to realize the great lessons that are imparted that way. Solomon in Proverbs chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 said, The Proverbs of Solomon... The son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive words of understanding, to receive instruction in wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to a young man, knowledge and discretion. Notice how Solomon refers back to the fact that he's the son of David. David imparted these teachings to him and he in turn is going to impart them to his son. The youth of this generation are in a desperate need of guidance. There has been a real failure in the family. Many of us as fathers and mothers have failed in training our children as we ought. Many of us have not looked at God's Word and allowed it to direct us as parents. Some of you are young parents, and you have children coming along, and you have to recognize your role in guiding these children. We cannot afford any more failure in the family The wisdom literature, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Those books have some great spiritual advice. So this morning I want to look at two very simple things. Directions from David and sensible words from Solomon. We'll look at the books of Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes as there is advice there for the youth. Not all that is found in those books will we discuss, but we will discuss some of them. And the Psalms are literally filled with tremendous teachings. I want you to look with me. We're going to look at a few of these passages in the book of Psalms. I will be putting the scriptures on the screen, but let me encourage you to keep your Bibles open as well. There's value of you having your own copy of God's Word because sometimes there will be a lesson that you will observe that will have meaning to your life. So we're going to begin with Psalm 25, verses 7 and 8. Here's what David says. Do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, Remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way. David uses a phrase there, the sins of youth. There's a time in our life when temptation and difficulty seems to be greater than at other times of life. When you are a young person, you are bombarded with troubles and trials and temptations and difficulties. And you have strong passions and those passions have to be controlled. want you to listen to Paul as he writes the young preacher, Timothy. He says to him, flee also youthful lust." but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. There are youthful lusts that a child of God, a young person, has to turn and run away from. I like the way Job puts it. As he looks at his life and he looks at the suffering that he is enduring... And about the middle of the book, or really the first third of the book, he's struggling with this and he says, How many are my iniquities and sins? Make me know my transgression and sin. Job says, I want to know what I've done. And then you drop down a little bit later to verse 26. For you write bitter things against me and make me inherit the iniquities of my youth. Job's looking at his life and saying, I look back and I see all the mistakes that I have made. And maybe that's what's coming back to haunt me. Let me ask every one of you to think back to your youth. Those of you who are older. Is there something that's in your youth that you would now be tremendously embarrassed about? Is there something in your life that you look back with regret and you say, I wished I had not participated in that. Job is able to look back and realize, like all of us, there were some times that he feels that he's suffering these consequences of. But thankfully, if you look at verse 8 of Psalm 25, God shows the sinner the way of righteousness. He shows him the right way to go. Every young person ought to realize yes, you are going to make mistakes. Don't do them intentionally, but recognize that there are answers for the failures in your life. I want you to turn with me now to Psalm 71. We're going to look at verse 5 and then verse 17. Psalm 71. Verse 5 and then verse 17. And David said, For you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. Verse 17. O God, you have taught me from my youth. And to this day, I declare your wondrous works. I want you to notice the common phrase there: "From my youth." What David indicates was he had made a decision when he was very young in life that he would serve God. Do you know how wonderful it is for a young person to decide? Early in life, that they want to serve God. Some of you were still here at the building Wednesday night when Haley McCullough was baptized. You think about the the grandeur of the fact now you've got a whole life in front of you, and you make a decision to serve God one you will never regret. What a wonderful privilege! Listen to Paul as he addresses again Timothy, and then speaks about himself in Acts 26. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. I am thankful that there are a lot of great young people whose lives reflect their faith. The fact that they are dedicated, they are examples, even to those of us who are older. In Acts 26 and verse 4, here's the way Paul describes himself. My manner of life from my youth, which was spent from the beginning among my own nation at Jerusalem, all the Jews know. Paul would say, I made a decision when I was young. I was going to serve God. Yeah, he made mistakes. But he made a decision early in life. Now the passage that really caught my attention to begin with, Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11, and then verses 98 through 105. What wonderful words David penned in these two passages of this chapter. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And Then dropping down to verse 98. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You think about David keeping saying, your word." Your word and the great influence that it has. How can a young man keep, cleanse his way? Take heed to God's word. Do you recognize, young people, that if you take this word and you listen to it, it will tell you how to fix the problems in your life? Verse 11 when he says, Your word if I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The more you have the knowledge of God and what he wants you to do, the more you can make right decisions. Correct decisions. And then I like the way he puts it in verses 98 through 105. He says, because of God's word. He said, I know more than my teacher's. And I will tell you, some of you who are encountering godlessness in your classrooms, not all of you, but some, you've got more knowledge than they do. He comes on and says you can have more knowledge than the ancients. You know who that is? That's us older folks. Really, he's talking about those who've gone before But young people, you can have more knowledge, more ability, more understanding if you will make sure that you let God's Word guide and direct your life. Now, Let me move quickly to Solomon. He was, other than our Lord Jesus Christ, the wisest man to ever walk the face of the earth. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 29, And God gave Solomon wisdom and exceeding great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand of the seashore. shore. Boy, wouldn't you love to have that kind of ability? Intelligence, <laughs> wisdom, and a big heart. A generous heart. Verse 34, All men and men of all nations from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. How wise was he? Then if he was, you and I need to listen. You come, first of all, to Proverbs chapter 7. Now, I recognize those of you who are going to say, well, there's a lot more in the book of Proverbs than this. There is. But let's come to chapter 7 for just a moment. Look at verses 5 through 7. He said that the words that he had given to his son, he says that they may keep you from the immoral woman. From the seductress who flatters with her words. For at the window of my house I looked through my lattice, and I saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of understanding. First thing you have is an observation that some people do not recognize the trouble of youth. It's difficult. It's hard to communicate to young people how intense sexual temptation is to them. I don't like to be this frank. I don't like to be this blunt. Folks, the truth is our society is struggling with this. And God's Word provides the advice that you and I need to realize that if you've got somebody and they've got temptation right in front of them and they're not being warned, here's a man who's simple, he's devoid of understanding, he's looking out and he's not listening. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 18 says, flee fornication, run away from it. Or you go to Proverbs 5, verses 1 through 13. He would say, My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding that they that you may preserve discretion and your lips keep knowledge. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death Her steps lay hold of hell, lest you ponder her path of life. Her ways are unstable, you do not know them. Therefore, hear me now, my children, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Remove your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the cruel one lest aliens be filled with your wealth and your labors go to the house of a foreigner and you will mourn at last. When your flesh and your body are consumed and say how I hated instruction and my heart despised correction, I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. Did you hear Solomon say... There is a tremendous draw or temptation there. You're wanting to give in, but understand where this goes. At the end, it will not be blessed. The next passage, Proverbs chapter 20, verses 29 and 30. Chapter 20, verses 29 and 30. Solomon says the glory of young men is their strength and the splendor of old men is their gray head. Blows that hurt cleanse away evil as do stripes the inner depths of the heart. Now I want you to look at this carefully here. He talks about The glory of young men is their strength. That's what they've got. Every young man, we say, fills their Cheerios. Look how strong, how powerful we are. Look how much we can lift, how fast we can run. But then he says, The splendor of the old man is their gray head. There's a difference between strength and wisdom, strength and knowledge. And strength is no substitution. For wisdom and experience. How do I know that? Because of what he says in verse 30. Blows that hurt cleanse away evil. There's a reason why sin is painful. There's a reason why when you do something bad, there's bad consequences. God designed the world that way so that you and I would quit doing things that are wrong. Listen to Psalm 119, verse 67. David said, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Before God corrected me, I was going to go astray. And I could give you a dozen passages where Solomon talks about correcting your children, parents, so that they will go in the right way. Or consider Proverbs 13, verse 15. Good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful, the way of the transgressor, King James, is hard. God made it that way. We have to understand that the choices we make are often poor choices. Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes for just a minute. I'm going to choose a couple from this book and then we'll bring our lesson together. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 13. Solomon said, Better is or better a poor and wise youth than an old and foolish king who will not be admonished anymore. Now, you can be wise and young just as an old person can be foolish. You don't have to choose to be young and foolish. Nor are all the older ones wise. And Solomon is saying better is a wise young person than an old and foolish king. I have to believe in my mind that as Solomon writes the book of Ecclesiastes, he's living with a life of regret. A life of regret. What's he regretting all those women that he's married that he should not have married. The fact that he has bowed down to gods who were not the true God of heaven. And he looks at his life and he's realizing you can be an old and foolish king and he says it's better to be young and wise. But the key phrase that he uses there that old foolish king who is not willing to be admonished anymore. You know what that means to be admonished. It means to listen to wise counsel. He goes on to talk about it in chapter twelve, verses ten through twelve. The preacher sought to find acceptable words, and what was written was upright, words of truth. Now listen carefully as he speaks in verse eleven. The words of the wise are like goads. Now some of you young people don't know what a goat is. It's a sharp stick that's used to guide and prod livestock. You want to guide them in the right direction. You have to occasionally take a sharp stick and punch that animal. And then he goes on the right. He said, the words of the wise are like goads, and the words of the scholars are like well-driven nails given by one shepherd. And further, my son, be admonished by these. Of the making of books there is no end, and much study is wearisome to the flesh." You let the words of the wise, you let the words of the scholarly guide you, direct you, listen to them. Solomon in his old age did not listen. You want to be a young, wise person? Let God's Word be the goads that guide you in the right way. Final section. Chapter 11, verse 9 through chapter 12 and verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9 through chapter 12, verse 1. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in your days of youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. But know that for all these, God will bring you into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from your heart and put away evil from your flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Let me take that very first word here. Rejoice, oh young man. Sometimes we have left the idea with people that as a young person you ought to sit over here, bow your head, and be sad and sorrowful. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. Youth is a time to be enjoyed. It's a time for you to be happy. You've got strength You don't have the pains. You have the abilities. You know, the Bible doesn't picture being sad at this time or any time in your life. Listen to Ecclesiastes 3 verse 12. I know nothing that is better, or I know that nothing is better for them to rejoice and to do good in their lives. Chapter 3, verse 22. So I perceive that nothing is better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his heritage. Or you go to chapter 5, verse 19. As for every man whom God has given riches and wealth, and given him the power to eat of it, to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. Chapter 8, verse 15. So I commended enjoyment. Because a man has nothing better under the sun than to eat, drink, and be merry. For this will remain with him in his labor all the days of his life which God has given him under the sun. Do you you hear that message coming through? Rejoice! Be happy! Young people, delight yourself in the youth that you have. But, don't forget judgment. Essentially what he is saying is, You enjoy your youth, but you don't have to do the wrong things. You can avoid, put away sorrow from you, those sinful things. Chapter 12, verse 14, For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing. But now listen carefully. Whether good or evil. We sometimes say God's going to bring out all the secrets, the bad things. Yeah, He will. But He's also going to bring out the good things. Young people, look at life and look at it as a blessing from God. But avoid the sinful things. And then verse 1 of chapter 12 says, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth. There's a value in the early decisions of life the perspective that you approach life with. In other words, what kind of person am I going to be? And then you have the ability to do something about it. That last phrase, before the evil days come, or the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. There will come a day when there will be things that you want to do that you can't do anymore. I was reading... In 2 Samuel, about Barzillai. Listen to him. But Barzillai said to the king, How long have I to live that I should go up to the king, or with the king, to Jerusalem? I'm 80 years old. Can I discern between the good and the bad? Can your servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear any longer the voice of singing men and singing women? Why then should your servant be a further burden to my Lord the King? Do you understand? While you're young, you have such talent, you have such ability, you can do good things for the Lord and still enjoy life. Make that choice now while you have the ability to do so. So we began the lesson, wise advice for youth. Not all advice is equal. There are a number of people in this world willing to offer suggestions and encouragements to you, but not all of them are encouraging you to do the right thing or go the right way. Our lives will be much happier if we let God's Word guide them, if we'll listen to them. I want to ask you, why not commit to the Lord now? You know, we've got some great young people. We've got some great young people coming along. There's some of you who are contemplating making decisions to be a Christian, to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, to repent of your sins, confess His sweet name and be baptized. We would love this morning to take the time to see you baptized into Christ. As long as there is breath in your body and a mind that is able to understand, you can still do that. You know, I don't want anybody who's older to think, well, I've already lived most of my life. Why should I do it now? I'm going to tell you why you should do it now. It's better to do it now than to not do it at all. It's going to affect where you live eternally. And you may be a young person or even an older person. You look at your life and you realize I've not done what's right. What do I need to do? If it's a private sin between you and God you need to ask God to forgive you and you have the full assurance you do what He tells you to do, He will. If it's something that others know about it's public, you need to ask the congregation to pray with you that God will forgive you. That's what the Bible teaches, James five sixteen. This song of invitation has been selected. If you need to respond, would you come as we stand together and sing?